Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Tim Welsh. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 103.7 WEEI. Hey, hey. My friend Joe behind the glass. This is Meter and the coach uh, awaiting the arrival of Meter. It's kind of like Bill Belichick on the duck boat parade. You know, you're, you're, the anticipation just it, it goes right up your back. It was right up your back spine, and just you can't wait for meter on a Sunday morning. But he likes to make a grand entrance. Sometimes, he does. Sometimes it's the AM, PM on the clock, uh, on the alarm clock. Sometimes it's just, you know, the anticipation of uh, – it's like Andy Reid's mustache last night. It just it, it grows with anticipation how many icicles will be on it as the game proceeds. Oh, what but an yeah, image that was, Tim. Good morning. Yes, and – did you ever believe the Miami Dolphins, who could beat somebody on the road in 60-degree weather, could even match the Chiefs? As bad as the Chiefs have been and inconsistent this year, did you ever think that the Dolphins could come up there uh, to Kansas City in that weather and even act like they could win? No. No. It was, the game chance. was over. The game was over early uh, to a – Nice story, the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel and his coolness and all that other stuff. But give me a break. Overrated. Uh, no, no toughness. Uh, Kansas City showed again that they're, they're going to be formidable. They're going to be a team. When you have the best player in the sport, you always have a chance, despite their lack of uh, skill players, the lack of good receivers. Uh, they got Pacheco. They've, of course, they have Kelsey still. And, you know, the kid Rice looked pretty good last night. Yep, he did, and the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs gonna have to go on the road now to win, which is okay. They, I think they still, they still have life. They showed it last night, and you know, what a leader, Mahomes. Though, what a leader. I mean, this guy, right from the get go, watching the pregame, Joe, just seeing him get his team fired up. I mean, it was so cold that you just want to go out and just get that first hit in. But he, he was in their face telling them exactly what they needed to do last night. And uh, very impressive. Very impressive, but not as impressive, impressive as the Texans. And I'm here to tell you, Joe Passarelli, that uh, that performance by the Texans last night should give you hope as a Patriots fan. It should. Maybe, maybe you could strike it rich with one of these quarterbacks at, at the third pick. Uh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. What a difference and, a year makes. Yeah, I mean, you you get a star player. I mean, CJ Stroud's a special one. You know, he could have he could be a Mahomes type at some point. You don't know, uh, but certainly he's Patrick Mahomes didn't do this as a rookie. He didn't even play. So uh, that should give you hope, John Meter Pro. Good morning. Good morning, boys. Once again, happy New Year. I haven't seen you in seems like a year. 
I apologize for internet snafus. You're in frozen. You're in the frozen tundra tundra of Kansas, and here I am in Rockport, Mass, with internet yeah. issues. But we're surviving and we're advancing. And Tim, I just uh, I was intrigued by your analysis of the of that Texans game. Uh, I thought the same thing watching it, uh, but here's the problem: the Patriots need offensive linemen. The Patriots need receivers. The Patriots need pretty much everything on offense. Well, the Texans already had that besides the quarterback. Uh, Stroud obviously was a huge piece. And I'm with you. I think the turnaround could be quicker than people feel. But I'm also not sold on the Elliott Wolf Matt Grow combo. I'm coming in hot, I know, at 703. But you got to explain to me what the heck the Patriots are doing. Oh, is that the plan? Wolf Grow? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been stuck out in the middle of Kansas here for a couple of days and, uh, not stuck, just wandering around Kansas, uh, looking for Dorothy. It's cur- currently minus three here uh, with a wind chill. It feels like minus 24. It's, it, you know it's cold, and not to talk about the weather. It's just kind of a boring thing. But you know it's cold when you turn the heat up in your hotel room to 75 and the fan on to high, and you're still cold. When it, the, the cold is coming through the windows. So anyway, having said that, uh, yeah, Chief fans showed up last night. Congratulations to them. Well, uh, yeah, I have not. I'm not up to speed on the GM search meter. Well, all you need to know is status quo. Uh, reported by many yesterday that it will be Matt Grow and Elliot Wolf. And once again, there's some bizarre aversion to interviewing anybody. Like I don't get it. I really don't understand the the aversion that the crafts have evidently to interviewing people. They don't want to bring anybody in. They just well, say, oh, you know, the, the, the amazing like- thing is the amazing thing is meter is that uh, I could understand that in the old days, meaning pre two thousand twenty, uh, because they're so cheap that they don't want to pay for a flight, they don't want to pay for a hotel room, they don't want to pay for a dinner at Davios. Uh, but today's world, it's called Zoom. Exactly. It's called the Zoom. You don't even have to bring anybody in. You Zoom interview. That's the way you do it. But, you know, hey, look, Mac, Mac Grow has been so impressive. I mean, he, he came out in the preseason and said there's no such thing as a salary cap and then was put in the back closet and locked in for the season. I haven't heard from him since then <laughs> when he said there was no salary cap. And then have you? Have you heard from no. him? No, I mean, but, but, but I mean good how, reason. Yeah, I mean seriously. Uh, I mean, Ellie. So they're going to be co-GMs. So still, it's going to be a collaborative effort, as they like to say in Foxborough. Collaborative. Why mess oh, with success? God. You know, why mess with a four and thirteen season? I, 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 I <sighs> it's it's so far off the tracks right now. And well, you know, some people say well, you're being dramatic. Give Gerard Mayo a chance, and that's fine. Oh no, really? Gee, no kidding. Yeah, we, we are going to give him a chance. This just in. He'll, he'll get a chance. But it's the process. And I know you heard this all week on sports radio, and the narrative was very strong. The Patriots just were underwhelming. The Patriots didn't do their due diligence. Why did, Why were they so eager to give Mayo the job? Why did they put it in his contract? Why are they so in love with him? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think they got in this really bad box thinking that they're going to be better than they were this year. They weren't. That was back in 2019 or whatever it was. No, 2022 when they made this deal with Mayo. Uh, and they felt like, okay, he'll be okay. He'll have a quarterback. 
He'll have a good succession plan. Belichick will leave in 2025, and everything will be on the 9-7, and 10-7 and seven track. But no, you're in a really bad spot. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have an offensive line. You don't have skilled players. He's not an offensive coach. Your defense is okay. I know it's the strength of the team. Don't tell me it's the 86 Chicago Bears, though. They're okay. Uh, so there's so many holes right now. And to me, if I'm owning the team, and I know it's frustrated you in the past, and you're right, they're the 31st in spending real money the last, what, five years? 31st in the league in spending cash. So if I'm an owner right now, though, I start with my personnel department, and I totally tear that down. And they're not doing it. No, and which means Bill O'Brien, which means – I don't know. It means run it back. You know, they're not going to pay Bill O'Brien to leave, you know, so you, you like his scheme. How, how'd you like his scheme this year? How was that? How'd that look to you? It looked pop Warner ish to me. Terrible. And you know, terrible. it's just, yeah. So it was terrible. Yeah. You know, and, and the one thing, and it's more, it's probably more true in baseball, but it's, it's, it's football as well. I mean, you've got to have the cachet to go get the free agents. You've got to have the – first of all, it's about the dollars. But second of all, you've got to have the, you know, the, the smarts, the experience, the, the connections to the agents. Uh, you got to know what the – you have to understand the market. I mean, do these guys know that? Do they know – they haven't proven any of that to me. I mean, to deal nope. with guys like the, the you know, agents from the Rams or the Eagles or – I mean, you you know the list. It's just, it's mind-boggling. It is. And the whole situation is just, it's so bad right now. It's amazing how bad they are. And how, how you look at Kansas City last night. Uh, my, Miami was terrible. I know the weather was a huge factor. Oh, by the way, Miami's now 0-11 in playoff games with 40 degrees or less. So that's a real thing. Miami hasn't won a playoff game in almost 24 years. That's another real thing. Uh, that offense was just totally neutered. Uh, and I know it's minus 27 with the wind chill, but Kansas City had to play with it as well. So uh, good for the Chiefs. And I know you're in the thick of that where you are right now with the Chiefs fandom. And they've won 15 straight home playoff games. They might get another one next week. Uh, if Buffalo loses Monday at 430, boy, that is going to be – talk about a Monday uh, – the NFL didn't even think about, but they're getting a doubleheader on Monday due to the storm today in Buffalo. So, uh, yeah, and it's a holiday too, so that's perfect for the NFL. Perfect. perfect, just like just like Peacock last night was perfect. You, I was at a hotel here in Wichita. The fan, the people were not happy here in Wichita <laughs> because the the television and the restaurant did not have the app, so there was no Chiefs on. It was a, uh, it was uh, a little. Baylor Cincinnati college basketball, if oh. you like. If you, if you were so probably into that, Tim. Well, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I have the app, so I was fine. I'm in my room on uh, on my iPad, but, uh, you know, we took care of that earlier. But, yeah, you know, just unbelievable. But, and by the way, it's one, it's with all the coaching rumor stuff, I wouldn't put it past that nut, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, to, you know, exit. Mike McDaniel and bring in his Michigan guy, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, yep. that, wow. I haven't heard that rumor yet, but that guy, I know that guy. I know what he's done in the past. He's, he's out of his mind. As we know, he was served a suspension because he, you know, he told Brian Flores to lose games and he tried to get Tom Brady on, on the QT. 
the whole thing. But he is Michigan through and through. And Jim Harbaugh is out there. So uh, could it happen? I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Do you guys think there could be questions with Tua's future in Miami? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's not very good. I mean, he's your he's your warm version of Matt, Mac Jones, except that he's got more receivers and he's got better feet. He's quicker. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just mediocre, Joe. I, I I don't know if they'll make a change necessarily next year. They might. I mean, God knows there's a lot of he, He's not signed long-term, right? No, he's not. And I, I think they're hesitant to do that. But And that's another thing, too. Like, Think about the upcoming draft for the Patriots, how important it is. You want to put your faith in Matt Grow and Elliott Wolf? This is a this is a game changing draft for the Patriots. I'm not being dramatic. This is a draft that they can't miss on. Period. You've missed on multiple over the last decade. You cannot miss on this one with a third pick overall. You just can't. You cannot have any misfires. If they I mean the Chad Ryland pick in the fourth round, that can never ever happen again. I don't know why the guy is still around that made that pick. Maybe it was Belichick and not Matt Grow. Either way, Grow had an influence, I think, in that draft room. That pick should never, ever be duplicated ever again. You cannot do it. That's football malpractice. And that's why it's maddening, I think, to many around here in the last 72 hours. People don't know what they're doing. There's no plan. There's no plan. The plan is to just stay with the status quo besides – jettisoning your coach and now throwing the smear campaign is in full effect as you well know tim with the seth seth wickersham story on espn.com that's that's in full effect which is fine I mean, look belichick did a horrendous job the last three years he needed to go i'm not i'm not concerned that the fact that they fired him they should have fired him but that smear campaign is clearly here oh it's gross but it's typical you knew it was coming you knew it was coming. I, I knew it was coming from a hundred miles away a, a month ago or whenever it was. Uh, you and I spoke about it. When Tom Curran dropped the story that the decision was made, I knew that it was just beginning. I've seen it a, a thousand times over at the professional level, at the college level. Yep. These, whether it's an owner, whether it's a general manager, whether it's an athletic director, whether it's a president of a college, they don't have the stones to go out and actually face the music to the people that have been loyal to them and work for them. Instead, they stop. They start dropping dimes all over the map, negative stuff that's not true, and just just planting seeds everywhere, like the crafts did about Bill Belichick. And then you knew the writing was on the wall, and then it continues, which is. That's a sorry state. I mean, seriously, you know, as much as I th- think he's lost his fastball and is the game's passed him by and he's made a million mistakes like we know, it's not that's not respectful. It's not after 24 years turning your franchise into a multi-billion dollar operation, helping t- turn it, helping and right. being there every day, working tirelessly, you know, obviously made poor decisions at times. Listen, we all have. Okay. You take the criticism with that, but the respect level is still should be there, and that's that's what irks me. And they're you know the the Seth Wickersham story was was gross, basically. Very good reporting by him, absolutely. And you know he he'll come on with us at some point. He's a very good writer, and you know he's not out to do anything except 
tell report what he hears and he's hearing that and, and that's the crafts all over the place and seriously jonathan Kraft, you're the president of the team and that your coach for 24 years who gave you six super bowls you don't have the respect to even show up at the press conference seriously i mean i you know it just amazes me some of these people people in leadership it just amazes me sometimes how they're in those spots. Now I know how he's in those spots. He was born into it. So that's, that's one thing, but seriously, you gotta be kidding me. You don't even show up. You don't even stand in the back corner. So you can say you were there, check the box. That's, that's ridiculous. No, it was, it was a, uh, a moment that was magnified. We, you and I have said it many times. We said it back in September when I thought Belichick was going to get fired or probably going to get fired if they had a five and 12 like year. Uh, it was going to end poorly, and it always does. You've said it a million times. Maybe I mean, there are levels of poor. You've seen it a lot in college basketball. We saw it with Ed Cooley. It's always a bad ending. It's Don't give me the amicable BS that we heard all week. That was total BS. You, I know you heard that a lot on sports radio the day it happened. If you were buying the amicable parting, then I got a plot in Orlando, Florida to sell you. That was not amicable. Good for Belichick for playing along. I'm sure he played along because he got his money. They said, here, we're going to write you a check. This is how we're going to play it. This is what we want you to say. This is how it's going to work, go down. I don't want to be seen as the bad guy. But why he do the dog and pony show on Wednesday, John, if you're going to just smear him on the way out anyway? Because, Joe, that's the way they want to. It's a playbook. It's a, and it's not, I'm not saying it's right, but that's how they think. They think, all right, we're going we're gonna to put this one by the, public the adoring patriots public because they're gonna buy this they're gonna eat out of our hands when they see belichick and craft up there but you know what it's okay we're gonna wait about 24 hours and then we're gonna tell them the real story so you're right it's hard to have it both ways very hard but that's the way they see it and it's you know it, it it's 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 never ends well ever ever there's never a- and to your point john Instead of them using the energy and resources to look for new names, look for a GM instead of old retreads, they're using their resources and energy to smear the old coach on the way out when you were practically throwing them a love fest on Wednesday afternoon. Yes, exactly. Yes, valid. All of it valid. Like Terry Francona is another great example. Tim, you remember this, 2011, when that whole mess went down. And the Red Sox trotted him out, and he played along like Belichick did. But as he told Shaughnessy, I didn't want any part of that. I just bought into it. I gave him, I gave him that 10 minutes is basically what happened. Oh, yes, you know, this is an amicable party in the ways. We feel like it's time to move on. We've had a good run. It's BS. Tim, you know it's BS. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, don't, don't uh, question our – ability to figure this out. I mean, it's just Robert Kraft. And then, by the way, the guy who's owned the team forever, when asked what the problems with the team is, he says, I'm not smart enough to know that. Okay, come on. Oh, my God. When I heard that answer, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is the guy you entrust. So, after seeing this, all of this, I have less faith in faith than ever that this will turn around because of the people that are really running the organization. You know, they wanted their team back. Really? You wanted your team back? Why? 
to do what? Okay, you fired Bill Parcells, you fired Pete Carroll, you fired Bill Belichick, three Hall of Fame coaches. Okay, now you hired you hire your linebackers coach after a four and thirteen season. Your linebackers coach. I mean, yeah. you can't look around, see what's out there. Mike Vrabel is available. Mike Vrabel is available. Yep. And you hired Gerard Mayo. And I want to know what they're going to do with the offense. Who's going to run the offense? Is, is it Josh McDaniels? He's not coming back here. He's not. Why would he? Why, why would he come I, back? I, today on WEI, our good friend Andy Hart was saying that he thinks that Bill O'Brien's coming back. And he thinks that the, the, the whole thing there is that uh, Mayo's going to feel like O'Brien didn't get a fair shake. O'Brien had a bad hand dealt. O'Brien didn't have a quarterback. So I think they're going to put their, their stock in O'Brien. Evidently, he's got a contract anyway. I'm sure the Crafts don't want to eat that. So they're going to run it back with Bill O'Brien. They'll probably add some uh, other offensive coaches. Not probably. They have to. Both staff's an absolute disaster at this point. Uh, who's running your defense? What's the deal? I mean, I laugh. Wow, people, get a grip. You think Steve Belichick is coming back to this team? You think Steve Belichick, not that I care if he does or not, you think Steve Belichick, now that his father has been shown the door, you think Bill might get Steve's ear and say, there's no way, son, that you are are working for that organization. You're coming with me. You're getting another job. We'll find you another job. That is a laughable narrative. Belichick as the defensive coordinator? What are you, nuts? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, nor do I really care. It, it, you know, it's like it, they've turned me. They're they're uh, they've become faceless right now, and they've got so many issues. And I don't I don't have the faith that they have the people running the organization that are. You know, you can't you can't run your business like that. You know, he keeps talking about his businesses, all of his businesses, and taking away Bill Belichick's power. Well, we gave you the solution a few weeks ago. You know, bring them back. Bring them back, but blow up the front office and blow up the coaching staff, and then let, let them come back. What? And you can't be there to oversee to make sure that the general manager has power? Basically, that's what he said. He said if we brought in a new general manager, it's hard for someone that had the power to, st- to step back. Well, you you have the power. You are the owner, so you take ownership of that and make sure that the changes in the organizational structure take place and are followed through on. That's all. That's all you have to do. But it's uh, strange to me that they think this way. I, I, I would not run things that way, but we'll see what happens. I just don't have any faith in it. No, I, I think a lot of people share your sentiment as well. Let's go to the phone lines to start this beautiful Sunday morning. Joe in a car. You're up first with Meter and the coach. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, coach, I, you know, I got a couple of issues with you as far as, like, you being uh, all uh, up against the crafts. Uh, you actually think that you keep saying, well, you're the owner. You know, you're the boss. Uh, so you actually really think that if – which. If the craftsman went up to Belichick and said, listen, we want you to coach, but we want to take all your other, your general manager, your president, like all your other powers away, you'd think Belichick would be like, okay, Mr. Kraft, yes, I'll, I'll do that. You're, 
you're, you're out of your crazy mind, and especially you being a former coach. That's like you being demoted, all right? And, and the other thing, I thought Mr. Kraft stood up there like a man as opposed to your boy, Belichick, who basically had it all orchestrated. Basically, he said, we're going to go up there in front of me, but I don't want to take any questions. That, that, that conference was so bizarre that no one took questions. But at 2 o'clock, Bob Kraft, I don't know if you heard the interview, Mr. Wells, but Bob Kraft went back on with reporters and answered every single question, and the guy was so totally honest, I felt, as opposed to Belichick, who gives you nothing. See, Mr. Belichick needs to understand that his ways, it all worked when you had the greatest of all time winning games for you. But when the greatest of all time left, well, Mr. Belichick, you and I said it to day one, Mr. Belichick, and I'm not even going to call him Mr. Belichick, because he doesn't, he doesn't even deserve my respect, because he doesn't respect the media, he doesn't respect nobody except for himself. But as far as Belichick, you, you, you actually thought that he was going to be like, okay, with the general manager thing? That's, uh, that's so absurd. That is so absurd. That's all I got. Okay, Joe. Okay, good, Joe. I'm glad that's all you got, because here, I'll answer your questions in order. First of all, Bill Belichick's not my boy. If you listen to this program, you know that he's not my boy, that I... I believe he should have been fired. Secondly, if you think in any stretch of imagination that Bill Belichick, he actually said this. Now, I don't always believe what he says. He said that he would be open to anything that's best for the team. So he said that. Whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. Okay, I'm not sure I believe it, but I do believe this, that he would rather take a demotion at the same salary than be fired. Okay, he'd have to pick up his life and go to Atlanta. Okay, he's got his two sons on his staff. He's lived here forever. He has a compound in Nantucket. Do you think, and he, he run, and he's, knows the place. Do you think at age 71, anyone wants to pick up and start over? No, no one does, wants to do that. And when they, If they have the ability to stay where they want to stay. And the last piece, do you think that that press conference was or that Bill Belichick said, I'm not taking questions. Can you imagine the questions that would have come at him and the answers? If he took questions, he will take the questions. He will answer it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it from Shaughnessy this week, probably. Okay. You'll hear it. But if he, if he stood up there and took questions, do you think that Robert Kraft would have been squirming a little bit about the spending? We're last in spending. Uh, we're last in this. We're last. Uh, who hired Bill O'Brien? Uh, who promoted Gerard Mayo? Do you think Bill Belichick wouldn't have minded to answer all those questions? No. That that press conference was orchestrated by Robert Kraft. That's where you're so confused this morning. Yeah. No. That it clearly was a Kraft orchestration. I'm telling you exactly what happened. And you, you can understand this. Anybody who's poached or anyone in any business can understand it. They wrote him a check and they said, here's your, whatever it is, $50 million. This is your, your walking paper. We owe you the money. We're going to pay you. But Oh, by the way, you're not going to say a word. I don't know if there's a, an edict on that for a week, a month, a, a year. I don't know if that's part of his contract. Who knows? You're probably right. Probably I, I wouldn't be stunned if there's NDAs involved. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened because that's all. That's the only reason why Belichick agreed to do that. The only reason because he's stubborn, he's belligerent, 
He's, he hates press conferences. He can put on a happy face when he's talking about the 1970 Baltimore Colts. That was not his comfort zone the other day. That's why he went in that room. He probably got the check about 10 minutes before, for that matter. Big, 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 big check. Here you go, Bill. You're going to play nice for 25 minutes, and then we're going to walk out the door. You're going to go your way. I'm going to go mine. That's what happened. Of course. When do you ever see a coach that's been fired stand up there with the person that's fired them and have a nice, cozy press conference? Never. 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 Ever. I mean, the last time I saw that was, I'm sure it was the same situation. It was Tom Coughlin with the Giants, and he walked right by the owner and didn't even shake his hand. The owner took his hand. Uh, John Maris took his hand out, and Tom Coughlin walked by. Are you kidding me? You just fired me. I'm not shaking your hand. And you think, Bel- how'd Belichick look when Kraft went in for the hug? How'd he look then? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> the guy The guy had the the earth at his hands. You think he wanted to leave? I mean, come on. He would have taken a he would have given up personnel power. He would have done it. At this age, he would have done it, of course, just to coach football and have his sons with him every day and be here. That's ridiculous. If just put yourself in his shoes. You think he wants to go to Atlanta? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? He's got to move to Atlanta. Uh, clean out his office after twenty four years. It's like it's the last thing you want to do in life. That's for sure at the, at his age. You know, when you're in your 50s, your 40s, whatever, yeah, you bounce around. It's the coaching business. That's what you do, but not not at his age. No way. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to be a nomad at this point in his life. We are late for a timeout. He's Welsh. I'm Mita Perel. This is Meter and the Coach. Zach Braziller, one of our good friends, New York Post college sports columnist. He was there watching St. John's in Providence this week. We'll get his take on those rising red storm of Rick Pitino and much more around college basketball with Zach Braziller. Right now, though, Joe Passarelli has an update. Now. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 